Welcome to the Baby Wants Its Bottle Philosophy and Poetry Inc. podcast. Creative project by Martin Anton Smith, myself, a New Zealand-based creative. In this episode, I read a new poem which emanated from a desire to watch Peter Jackson's new Beatles documentary. In this documentary, he released an elongated film on the making of the Beatles' Let It Be album called Get Back. It's a great doco and I highly recommend it, especially if you create music as I am also trying to do. In the documentary footage, it often shows Big Mal Evans, who was a helper and friend of the Beatles. Mal was the one who belted the hammer on the anvil on the song Maxwell's Silver Hammer, a song they practice on the Let It Be sessions but was actually released on the Abbey Road LP. The footage of Mal on the anvil is there on Peter Jackson's Get Back documentary. Anyway, Mal seemed interesting, so I looked up his story, and uh, I thought I would uh, transcribe the highlights and add some artistic flair and ask a few open questions. I found it interesting to look into the making of the albums, uh, including the making of all albums, well, all good albums that I like, uh, as there's always a rich tapestry of stories and occurrences that are very interesting. Mel's story was especially sad in the end, and I thought he got a rough deal on the face of it. A rough deal from, I guess, the people that should be leaders, or should have been, perhaps more, more leaders in his life. I'm not too sure, but uh, anyway, I'm just thinking out loud here, off the script. Um, I think Mal Evans was simply too nice for such a tough environment, and uh, in that high pressure, insane world that surrounded the Beatles, I wonder if niceness helped him much. But then again, maybe niceness was the reason he was invited in. So yeah, you don't. It's hard to say. As the old Christian adage goes, "Being kind without also being wise is folly." But then, who is wise and young? Is it possible to be wise without life experience? Is this simply not why the young need great leaders? I, being only forty-three years of age, of course only started listening to the Beatles around 1995 when they released the anthology album and documentaries. But I got into the Beatles mostly in my university years and shortly thereafter. My interest has waned since being over 30, but the Peter Jackson documentary has piqued my interest again and thus helped create this poem. I thought it would be more interesting to write about Mal uh, and his Beatles time and afterwards uh, than um, perhaps writing about someone like John Lennon, which everyone knows his story uh, over and over. We've heard, we've heard it over and over. The question of what would Mal's life have been like if he had never met the Beatles is an interesting one. Would he still be here and would he be happy? Also, how many of us are in Mel's situation, i.e. seemingly in paradise 
or in the lap of luxury and success, but also hurtling towards disaster? These are interesting questions and uh, they are hard, if not impossible, to answer. And I think this is because in life we are usually wading blindfolded through the fog of some undeclared war. Only when the war is over, the blindfold lifts and we can look back on the battle scene and our accompanying battle scars. Perhaps we are all like Mal in many ways, uh, not less so with this bizarre socio-cultural pandemic flux which we have all been injected into. But why is it we never learn from history? Is it because the ones that do know history's pitfalls and cavernous abysses are too cowardly or ineffectual to stop it? Is it also because the intellectually blind populace simply swallow the hogwash that is offered up to them by the latest shady populist politician or technocrat? To me, the answer is a resounding yes. But uh, I digress slightly, and I will return now to reading the poem. Poem, I should, of course, mention is by myself. I know that is the bleeding obvious, but I'll say it anyway. Poem is by me, Martin A. Smith. Poem's title is Big Mel Evans, The Beatles Runaround Who Died Young, Poor, and clutching an air gun. Big Mel was six foot six and wide as a house. He met the Beatles in 62 and bounced at the cavern. He became a roadie, setting up the amps and mics, but his real job was a Fab Four's personal runaround. Lennon said, Mel, socks! And it was done. Ringo said, Mal undies. And they appeared. George said, El Grey tea, Mal. And so be it. Paul said, Beetroot sandwich, Mal. And that it be. The big lad had a big smile and thick glasses, only triumphed by his big heart and rounded edges. A wife and kid at home and only paid £38 a week? While the Beatles had mansions, steak dinners and soirees to Greece. I'm just too nice to ask for a raise, an extra nickel, he wrote. His diary's scrawlings would one day make someone rich. He even helped Paul write a line or two, so they say at least. And Paul promised Mal a royalty, or did he, or did he not? Was Big Mal too nice, or were the Fab Four too mean? A bit of column A, a bit of column B. In 70, when the Beatles broke up, Mal broke in another way. Come 75, he was financially and emotionally spent. The post-Beatle industry was far too tough for big, kind Mel. And while he slumbered around trying to forget, his suffering life, Lil, finally left through the kitchen window. 
down and out and clutching the last straw, he scuppered to California and rented a dingy room. But it was all too much for big friendly Mal, and he did what he knew, and he hit the bottle to cope. The Apple Corps boss called and sensed he needed help. But alas, no, Mal said he wouldn't come out tonight. But tomorrow, 1pm for lunch? Yes, I'll be there, said Mal. And he kept drinking and drinking and taking God only knows what. Drunk, down and doped, he played inside with his BB gun. Cops were called, and thence they'd come. But the air gun and bourbon he didn't put down. Just let me be, it's my, it's my mine, he did scream. And together the cops shot a volley of blamity blams. Of the six that were fired, so four did land. Big Mal now harpooned did slowly sink downwards. Bottles rattled and floorboards flew. The air gun clacked on the ground harmlessly, having finally left his iron-clad grip. Medics arrived and then they counted him out of the game, aged only 41. But I ask, was his death really by his own misadventure? Or was it the cops' fault? Or do the Beatles have some skin in the game? The funeral came and went, but the Beatles didn't go. Just a couple of big pips from the Apple Corps did. He was cremated and then his ashes posted. Those royal male dopes lost the parcel. And so Beatle John did quip. Didn't they check the dead letters office? But now that the death was done, what doth the judgment be? Your Honour, it's clearly 909th degree homicide, and now I will close my case. This is the ballad of Big Mal Evans, just a gentle guy with a big roar, the fluffy monster the Beatles needed. A constant presence on their studio floor. Loved more than they dare let on. Far, far big to ignore, but eventually he was. Big Mal Evans, maybe the unluckiest man alive? So unlucky that he was actually now dead. Drunk with a pop gun and shot dead by the cops. And God help him! He was then lost in the post. Yes, Mal was scrooged by the Fab Four and Apple, but don't blame his demise on George, Paul, Ringo or John. All they did was answer the knock on the cavern's door. But I wonder, would Mal still be alive if they had doubled his wage and paid him a lousy £76 a week? Alas, as Ringo supposedly said, Tomorrow never knows. And we silly Beatles fans will never know. And in closing, 
May I just ask a final question? Can I pose a final thought? Is money the root of all evil? Or is the lack of it evil? Mel Evans' life, or should I say, life and death, is surely a living allegory of that old conundrum. End of poem. Thank you for listening to the Baby Wants Its Bottle Philosophy and Poetry Podcast, creative project by Martin Anton Smith, New Zealand-based creative. This podcast is available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Published by Martin Anton Smith Creations, New Zealand Limited. All rights reserved, no commercial use or commercial public broadcast allowed without written permission. Non-commercial educational broadcast is freely encouraged. Thank you for listening.